On this episode of the Flop House, we discuss Logan. <laughs> Stuart, oh, Elliot, where did you? Oh, is this not the right podcast? I should go. I, I, I don't think it is. <laughs> it, is this not a, a podcast where we talk about movies? With well, it is people. a podcast where we talk about movies with, with three, with two people usually. Oh, I see. That's the confusion. Is I'm here as a third person. Hey there, I'm Dan McCoy. <laughs> Which one of you wants to be Elliot? And I'm sorry for asking. Oh boy. Um, hold on. Let me let me see if I can if I can pull this out. Hey, it's me, Elliot Kalin. Hi, I'm, I'm just, America's rascal, Elliot Kalin. I'm just doing a Bob Dylan right now. <laughs> I'm doing an Elliot Kalin doing Tom Brokaw explaining Dune. Oh. All right, let's not get sued for uh, using other people's <laughs> podcasts. Hi, I'm John. And I'm Bethany. And this is... Home Viewing. A podcast where we watch every movie in our movie library in alphabetical-ish order. Yeah. 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 From A to Z. A to Z, yes. Or Z. For our British friends. Yes. We we are ending with a British film. That's eventually. Zombieland starts with... Well, <laughs> well technically... That's funny. You think our podcast is going to end. <laughs> <laughs> As you could, as you might have uh, guessed, we have someone else. Well, I, I was gonna say in the house, but really it's wait. In that's the call. not a laugh track. It's no. not a laugh track. Oh what? wait, hold on, hold on. Let me let me cue that up again. <laughs> <laughs> We're joined by Mike. Hi, I'm Mike. That's me. <laughs> what else do I you need me to say about myself? Probably nothing other than I watched a movie. Yes. Well, Mike, where are you from? <laughs> I am from not your house because that would break some uh, some some protocols and safety regulations. Yeah, Tom Cruise might yell at you. He would, in fact, uh, and uh, and he'd be right. He'd be right to do so. But I am uh, the host of Green Mountain Mysteries, which is also on the Pocket Podcast Network, which is why I'm on this show. Yes, continuing your never-ending quest. Well, My, it might end someday. Yeah. Well, the quest ends once I've been on every single PPN podcast. <laughs> but I, 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 I know you, and I know that you will want to be on every podcast more than once. I'm sure you will not turn <laughs> down guest spots just because you've been on every podcast. Oh, if you think I'm not going to make another Ghoul Tank episode, you are sorely mistaken. <laughs> Uh, gotta that craft another boy. I gotta craft another boy. That was a blast. And uh, earlier today, I recorded for Cult Classics with Alex and JD, who I've previously recorded with for an episode of Sorted. So I'm well on my way. Yeah, you're you're making your way there. You're gonna get there soon. I'm making my you way downtown. Stickers. Walking fast, <laughs> faces past, <laughs> and I watched Logan. Do 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 do. Oh wow, that is. Yeah, Logan does go downtown a few times, arguably he does. driving yes. his driving his little limo. Yeah, he he definitely goes downtown a few times, um, and uh, it never goes as well for him as it does for Vanessa Carlton. I would say. Yeah, I think this is a 
So this is this movie is based on multiple comics, obviously. Like the there's like one obvious inspiration, which is Old Man Logan, which I have not read, and I don't think you've read, Mike, and I know Bethany hasn't read. We are all babes on the Old Man Logan front <laughs> in, in the woods, yes. which is also another location. <laughs> and uh let's see. I think it it definitely draws some inspiration from like all the like Laura Kinney X23 stuff mm. obviously yes. because she's a a main character in this film. Yes, uh, she is. And, and I would argue that it draws from the death of Wolverine, which is a comic I have read. Uh yes, spoiler alert. We're going to spoil it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh it's it's been out since 2017. You you had your chance to have a spoiler-free experience. Has it really been that long? Yeah, no, this came out the same year as our next movie, which also has the name, the word Logan in the title. Oh. Logan really? Lucky. I had no idea. Logan Lucky, 2017's Lo- best film. Oh. Yeah. I've never, I've never heard that before. <laughs> so what you're telling in, in me... And that I've heard it a hundred times. <laughs> amazing. So what you're telling me is that this movie that you had me watch is your second favorite Logan-based film of 2017. <laughs> <laughs> ding 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 yes uh, just just second favorite logan based film yes not uh, frankly did not crack my top five that year but well okay. really what did crack no, no, your no. top five for 2017 <laughs> oh uh that one's easy uh we got <laughs> shape of water okay hanging out hanging out over there i mean best picture got, winner so like i get it yeah yeah we got we got call me by your name in okay. in the hizzy. Um, I can't I can't think of the other two, but I know that Logan was in there. <laughs> and by other two, you mean three because you t- you said two. Oh well, Logan well, Lucky is number one. Oh okay, got it, got it, got it. Got it. <laughs> Just by by default. I don't remember in my that heart, year anymore. In my in my life. Here's Those are the only two movies I remember. Here's what I remember about movies in 2017. Is that I went and saw Annihilation in February of 2018. <gasps> oh. <laughs> oh, we saw Annihilation at. We actually saw this with Daniel. Yeah. We saw it with Daniel at a preview showing. Oh. They were trying to give us the poster on the way out, and we said no. <laughs> oh, why'd you turn that down? Oh, Phantom Thread. Phantom Thread came out and Get Out. Oh, and Lady there you Bird. Go. Oh, and Dunkirk. No. Oh, no. 2017 was a great year for me. 2017 movies. was a banger. So I, I feel like in in a, another year, Logan it should have cracked your top five. It definitely could have, I think. Mm-hmm. But 2017 was just such a, a banger. It, it was a banger year. Like, yeah. just so many good movies. I own, like, let's, I'm just going to take off every single movie that I own in this Best Picture nominee category. Uh, Shape of Water, yep. Phantom Thread, yep. Dunkirk, yep. Get Out, yep. Ladybird, yep. Call Me By Your Name. So that is six out of nine. I own two thirds of this Best Picture. What category. are the other ones? Uh, the Post, Three Billboards, and Darkest Hour. All of which oh, are pretty wow. good movies. We saw them all. That was the year we saw them all. Yeah, because that was the year that Movie Pass was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> the year. Oh man. God, do you remember? That was a year. Only having to pay for popcorn. That was insane, and wow. there's no, there's no wonder it tanked. It yeah, was, right. They lost it was money. So good. With I abused the hell out of it. It was the best scheme I've ever been on. Mm-hmm. In on. I feel um, like I contributed to its downfall, but like. Well, of course, because was, you you used it. 
Yes, it was like the fall of Rome, basically. Like, we were just <laughs> partying it up, going to Tara every Saturday. <laughs> like, Man. oh, so good. Oh, also, for for those who aren't in the know, Tara is the name of a theater here in Atlanta, which is just mwah, chef's kiss right there. Yeah. Because it's, yeah, it's, because it's. He a, is currently underwater, though. Well, we don't talk about what theaters are, what's happening to theaters right now. No, we just we, let we, it be. We talk about what happens to superheroes uh, in superhero <laughs> films of the year 2017. Specifically, yes. Logan in Logan. Logan in Logan. This is, so I grew up on the X-Men trilogy, the original one, if I'm yeah. honest. Like, they were, I don't know if I saw them or like Spider-Man first as like my first like major superhero movie. Like Toby Spider-Man? Toby Spider-Man, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Raimi Spider-Man, if you will, because yeah. Sam Raimi directed them. Oh. That's how I think of them. I think of, it's funny because they're the only ones that I think of like that. Like, I don't think of Andrew Garfield Spider-Man as the guy who directed 500 Days of Summer Spider-Man. I just think of Sam mm, Raimi Spider-Man. But so. that makes sense. It does. Yeah, th- some things are clicking into place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> who did uh, Baby Boy <laughs> Spider-Man? Baby Boy Infant Spider-Man? Spider-Man? Baby Holland? Tom Holland? <laughs> <laughs> that's really how i thought of it when they came out i was like why is spider-man like 12 <laughs> and tom holland is an adult yeah. yes he is now he was then no he was not he was like 16 right when they started no filming? no i think he was 18 that's a baby at least isn't that a baby <laughs> to you it's a baby for we're us. all in our 30s right <laughs> hey, i like hey, to pretend hey michael i got pet you <laughs> oh crap <laughs> I'm really close, though. So, I'm so, 28 and a half. Okay. So when I started by basically playing as Dan McCoy, I really wasn't far off the mark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, now that I'm the old man in the room, I'm going to steer us back on the right track and talk about Logan. <laughs> this is the podcast. Why would you want to do that? This is the podcast. I mean, I... I, I just gotta acknowledge the legacy, though, because yeah, yes, you were yeah. you were talking about something coaching and remain. X Men, X Men One, great movie. X Men, well, good movie. X Men Two, great movie. Alan Cumming is Nightcrawler, like, uh, end yes. my life. X Men Three, so much fun for an eighth grader to see on his birthday when it premiered. Yeah, not so much fun to look back on. No. And realized that they probably plagiarized Radiohead in the yeah. soundtrack. <laughs> don't, don't you pay for that kind of stuff? That's true. Uh, I don't think so. How? It's, so there's 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 a part at the end, like right after Wolverine kills Jean Grey, spoiler, um, <laughs> um, that sounds just like Pyramid Song. Like there's But one, it's not? It's not. Like Pyramid someone composed it. Uh... Someone composed it, yeah. Yeah. To the point where when I first heard Pyramid Song, I was like, huh, isn't this in the X-Men 3 soundtrack? <laughs> it is not. <laughs> I, well, look, a lot of great composers steal and borrow. Look at John Williams. Yep. Look at, I can't remember his yep. name, the guy who did all the sound, the Star Trek movies. Uh, he got accused of some borrowing, and those mm-hmm. soundtracks are great. Look at Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> oh, I knew boy. you were going to go there. <laughs> Stealing those Paganini riffs or whatever. Puccini. Oh. And Roger Waters. Who? Pink Floyd. 
<laughs> now that okay, that one is a stretch. It is not a stretch. That one is a stretch. Okay, because it's because it's the same scale, but it's the exact same rhythm though. Back on to X Men. Yeah, I was gonna say I I, I can go. Um, uh, yeah, so I have not had the same sort of growing up with the X Men franchise. Um, I saw a bit of the cartoons when I was a kid, but they I, I couldn't really ever catch it that much because it was on before I had to go to school. And, mm-hmm. like, I never got to see a full episode <laughs> in its prime. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't have the same... I, I guess I just don't have the same nostalgic funness. Like, I like the X-Men, and yeah. I think Wolverine is a fun character, um, yes. and obviously Patrick Stewart as Professor Charles Xavier mm-hmm. was just mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. Y- you can't do better. Yeah. You yeah. can cast Patrick Stewart in, like, any role like that, and it'll work out. And this like, is one where he got to say fuck words. Yeah. <laughs> Listening to Patrick Stewart say fuck was pretty good. Oh, that, and, yeah. Like, five minutes into the movie, I was like, yes. ooh. <laughs> Now, Bethany, your your point of reference for X-Men is... Whatever X-Men movie you made me watch. But but no, because <laughs> I remember this. You watched First Class before I did. I did? Yeah, you had seen it. Oh, with the Groovy and Mutation. And... Groovy Mutation. Yeah. That's the yeah. only one that I can actually remember. I uh, think the other ones, saw... I think I've seen some, but it's not. It doesn't stick. I think you saw the Forbidden Wolverine movie. Oh. I saw that in, in the theater, I think. Oh! The one that me this too. movie is attempting to apologize for. He went traveling for. and things. <laughs> yes <laughs> it's doing a lot of apologizing for a lot of things it mm. really is like this movie is like let's retcon and fix everything and you know what we're just gonna ignore the movies that fox is made other movies that fox is making right now this is the only one that matters <laughs> yeah we're gonna be in the same continuity as the last two because technically Origins and the Wolverine and then Logan are a trilogy. Yeah. If you... oh. like, I really did like the Wolverine. I liked that movie a lot. The Wolverine. I saw that one in theaters. I fun. I haven't seen the Wolverine and I'm sad about it. I know it's the he goes to Japan arc. Yes. No, that's the we I've seen that one too. Oh, that's the one. Okay, so you've seen I that think one. That's the one that oh. what year was that one? That was I think 2011. That might be the one that I saw. So you didn't see the Forbidden One, which is a good thing. Yeah, I don't know. Will I Am was in that movie. Yeah, and Ryan Reynolds Deadpool. Yeah, no, that was his first Deadpool, which is the joke, which is why there's the joke where he has like that bad action figure in the the actual Deadpool movie. Oh my god! Now we have to watch it. You you really Uh, don't. I think I think we do. I think we'll make cocktails and watch that this weekend. (laughs) Okay, see that makes more sense. Um, but exactly yeah so so now we have this movie which was like <laughs> what if your favorite superhero said fuck but also not as a one-off gag in a pg-13 movie which by the way in uh, first class perfect use of their one f-bomb allowance absolutely <laughs> like it was, it was it was completely perfect you get james mcavoy and um i just forgot his name michael uh, fassbender yeah, michael fassbender standing behind the the guy in the bar and you're like oh my gosh it's Hugh Jackman and they're like hey man and he's like fuck off and you're like yep that's their way that's their way of getting that him is, in this movie 
That is exactly what Wolverine would do. And I'm sure Hugh Jackman's first response to being asked, hey, do you want to play this guy again? I mean, he is very definitively done with the character by his own admission. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I honestly am going to say, I think that this is an appropriate send-off for the character. Like, yes. oh, yeah. he Absolutely. can be done. He can, he can be done. This is, see, you hear this complaint sometimes about hero stories. It's like, because the, with, you know, because of Joseph Campbell, this entire thing is like, it's cyclical, you know? Mm. The hero will always have another battle to fight. So the only way for him to really come home and finally stop is for him to die. And I, I see that complaint sometimes. Like, why can't we just let people be happy? And I'm like, okay, sure, we can do that. But consider... How years and years of trauma is going to change someone. Right. Like that and with person, Wolverine... Yeah, yeah, he can't be happy. Mm-hmm. And with Wolverine, it's literally two lifetimes. Yeah. Can <laughs> I actually bring up Joseph Campbell's monomyth and this film and how it is one? Yes, let's do that. Because I, I love a monomyth. <laughs> it literally is. I'm looking at the monomyth right now, and I was thinking about it because I was like, hmm, what's the first thing that Wolverine does in this movie? He refuses a call to adventure. Yep. Mm-hmm. Literally, that happens. Uh, he gets some mm-hmm. supernatural aid, and uh, yep. the, the mentor was already there, but he was basically gone for a while, and now he's back in, mm-hmm. in the character of... Um, uh, Charles Xavier and his condition. Uh, yep. He has that first threshold and uh, the threshold guardians, belly, the whale, all that stuff with the first showdown and you exactly know, him, him uh, fleeing his own compound road of trials. Holy crap. Does he have one? Uh, yes. <laughs> like very literally uh, Nadir or abyss. Like when he, uh, when he and the meets, farm, the yeah, when farm he sequence. meets uh-huh. the guy from ER and they have a really nice <laughs> night and then, er, and then the guy from ER is like, I, there's two of you now. I'm going to shoot both of you. Oops. I'm out of bullets. I'm dead now. Uh, Ugh. it doesn't get, and also, it doesn't get much more Nadir than that. And also <laughs> death of the mentor is there. Oh like, yeah. <laughs> It's right there. It's right there in that yep. same thing. Like the the Nadir just gets deeper and deeper. It starts mm-hmm. with X24 going, oh, oops, I'm going to pull a trick on you, Patrick Stewart. Yoink. <laughs> and uh, oh, it's that's devastating. Oh, that was brutal. Like when he when he did that, I was like, wait, hold the fuck up. And then I thought for two more seconds and went, oh, that's what they meant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then and then of course like Logan like trying to just saying over and over, it wasn't me, it wasn't me, as oh, he's carrying yeah, Xavier to the truck. So rough. Like Ugh. that was the thing that he really needed him to know in that moment. Uh, especially because it calls back uh that wonderful line earlier in the film when uh he's giving he's giving Charles's meds and he's like, You didn't know it was me. He's like, I always know it's you. Sometimes I don't recognize you. It sets up that whole scene so well. mm -hmm. These these are the things that I don't notice, and I'm really glad we got you on here for this. I really missed that first watch feeling from this one because sometimes you can't recreate that magic. Yeah, like it's this is this is a movie that I loved the first time I watched it, and I think it. I don't want to say it didn't hold up on a rewatch, but 
because I knew what was coming, it's like I wasn't paying as much attention, you know? Like, I think this is one that I picked up when I was like, okay, I'm going to be out of school for a few days because I'm going to be having a, pr- a procedure. Let me pick up a bunch of bargain DVDs. Oh my God. Yeah. And thus the podcast was born. Yes. <laughs> because we had to get through all of these, all these DVDs and Blu-rays. Yeah, moving on with Joseph Campbell's monomyth, I mean, the transformation, like, when he finally responds to her saying rest and just, like, you know, she drives him out to Eden, and it's, it's like, yeah, he has that transformed perspective that's, it's in, it's in, it's in progress at that moment, uh, and yep. he's like, no, I'm, I'm done being a hero, you kids go, um, and, uh, you know, that, that brings about, like, a rebirth because he's just, like, so close to dead and now he's up and at him again because, oh, no, he needs to go actually be a hero again. He has mm-hmm. to reverse his own his own thing and he gets that ultimate boon of a yep, temporary Yep, the ultimate lift. elixir. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then uh, he consolidates his experience to build new meaning, which is he finds purpose in those final moments. And... Uh, then yeah like it even mixes in like refusal of the return where he's like i'm not going back to the ordinary life i have no place there uh he refuses to leave unknown world for known world ever again magic flight rescue from without happens because you know the kid yep the kid saves him by dropping a truck on x24 final challenge absolutely that happens there um and you know the rescue from without also when uh x23 shoots x24 and uh yeah then he has mm-hmm. he technically gets freedom to live um because he finally for, for about 20 seconds <laughs> yes but it's all he needs because he finally gets the experience of being a father and see and this is something that i love about that line so this is what it feels like is what he says yes and the question is he could be referring to being a father but he could also be referring to finally getting yes. to die. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That was something that he has frankly wanted for so long. Yeah, he is a textbook death seeker in this movie. Yeah. Like the adamantium bullet is uh, oh by the way, uh they loaded that adamantium Chekhov's bullet into the Chekhov's <laughs> oh, gun yeah. at the end of that movie. <laughs> Like, yes. he was carrying Chekhov's bullet in his breast pocket for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> this movie is so aware of how tropey it is. Yeah. But, like, it leans into it so well, I and think. And maybe that's what makes the repeat watches not as <laughs> captivating. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about how this isn't, like, it's not as enchanting on our second and third watches, I think. Mm. Because it's, like... Mm. Yeah, this is a story we kind of know already, right? And and because of that, we're missing like some of the nice little details that make it tick. Now, did you watch the color version? I did. I did not watch Logan Noir. Okay, yeah. so we watch. <laughs> we did watch the Noir for our second watch, Ooh. and that was quite worth it. Oh, yeah, cool. it's oh, it's so pretty in black and white, actually, and I think it um. I'd say it brightens it up a little because watching it in color, it was just kind of like everything's very drab except for like the casino. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which, which is something that makes sense considering in addition to the hero's journey, they're trying to emulate a Western too, you know, it's. Yeah. They're drawing the obvious parallels to Shane. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. But at the same, at the same time, I think 
because because uh, the the Blu-ray that we bought it on, it's digital color Blu-ray and black and white Blu-ray. Ooh. So we we uh, w- watching that. I don't know. There was it. It was the closest I could come to like replicating a theatrical experience almost because we had we like turned the lights down and everything. But it was oh, I turned the lights was, off to watch this on my computer today. Oh yeah, you have to. Oh yeah. Exactly. Um, the first time you're experiencing it, yeah. absolutely. So dangerous, though. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> I have an impeccable um, response to darkness in that I immediately fall asleep if I'm not <laughs> preoccupied. Oh man, yeah, yeah. I remember Quite watching. The curse. I remember watching Parasite in my room on my computer with the lights off, and because uh, I was like, I I needed to see this movie in theaters, and I didn't get to. Uh, I oh, will man. say on the last point of Joseph Campbell's monomyth is that refusal to return to the known world flips and he does return to the known world right at the end because he finally experiences human things of fatherhood and death. Yes. So like, got you got it in one, Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Mangold. Well I, done. I, I, also, I would just like to say, uh, you got it in one. I, I don't want you to miss the fact that that was actually a really nice joke that I made because it's the monomyth. <laughs> yes. Uh, I just want to point yes. out the fact that I had a good pun. It was a very I, good pun. I was very pleased with, and I need the audience to know that, yes, it was on purpose. <laughs> I want them to think I'm smart and clever. Mike so, is smart and clever. Go, go, <laughs> go check out... How smart and clever he can be in manipulating his players on Green oh, Mountain yeah. Mysteries. <laughs> I, I can manipulate them almost as well as the screenwriters and cinematographers and directors manipulated me in that one scene with Patrick Stewart and and Hugh Jackman. Because mm. genuinely, I bought that until he stabbed him, and that did catch me. So like, Oh, yes. That's them. standout scene for me. I think, yeah. like... Additional standout scenes. I, I mean, any time that we see Daphne Keen doing fight choreography Ooh. is excellent for me. Ooh. Yes. Oh, she's because they designed choreography that would allow a small girl to take down large men. Yes. <laughs> like, In a believable way. Yeah, Daphne Keen was great. Yeah, just using just using like her own bodily momentum against everybody else. Like, oh. Like, all the little flips and kicks. Very oh, good shit. Yeah. And, okay, and- maybe unnecessary, though. The toe blade. <laughs> the toe blade is a canonical thing that Laura uh, Kinney has. Comic yep. books. <laughs> yep. And and they have the justification for it. Which is kind of sexist, but it's... I don't enjoy it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, like, it, it harkens back to the actual reasons that they gave in the comic if i'm not mistaken which is from a long time ago now yeah <laughs> like there's only so much that you can kind of gloss over and fix mm-hmm. um, but honestly it, it allowed for some nice little surprises of like oh she's definitely captured now oh shit like yes. when that happened i was like this is goofy but also kicks ass yes <laughs> speaking of comic books i think this movie takes a lot of visual language from them obviously not yeah. as directly as say like an ongly hulk or something like that but or scott pilgrim yeah oh god you love edgar wright 
<laughs> you just don't love Scott Pilgrim. Or you hate how much you like Scott Pilgrim. Because you enjoyed it last time we watched it. I don't want to be in the middle of this. You guys are having a thing. <laughs> let's, let's talk about Daphne Keene. She was really great. Like, genuinely, as, as an actress, I really enjoyed her. Like, when she first showed up, I was like, oh, she's an 11. And she kind of is, but, like, yeah. she sells that kind of strangeness of being, you know, that sort of feral child really Absolutely. effectively. And I think this is this is connecting connecting it to other media. This is a similar thing that we see with a lot of, like, violent little girls sometimes, like, in these kind of... In, in these kind of things. So, like, if we think about Barry, I was talking about Ronnie and Lily, that episode earlier, where Barry has to fight basically this character, <laughs> who's, funnily enough, who the, the actor who plays her father is one of the Reavers in this movie, too. Amazing. Yeah, so just connections everywhere. But yes. um, I think what I was getting at about the visual language, there's there's a lot of, like, environmental... I hate, the, I hate to say environmental storytelling because it makes me sound like a gamer. <laughs> But <laughs> but it's there. Yeah, like the bill the billboards from the beginning. Oh with yeah, the, with the drinks. Like you don't you don't think about it. you're like oh hypno. It's just some future drink or something like that. And then like it comes back around when Richard E. Grant's like yes the corn syrup. Yeah, and then, like it, it it links back to like the Munson farm and everything. And it's just like yeah, they it's, it's they. Like, built up that whole thing subtly over the course of the film in a way that paid off very nicely at the end. And in a very similar way to what you see in actual comic stories. It's like, oh, if yeah. something is there, the artist meant to put it there and meant for you to see it, you know? like it's Yeah, like Chekhov himself would say. Yes! <laughs> if you put a billboard for a corn syrupy drink in Act 1, you need to have completely eradicated mutants by Act 3. Exactly. That's a direct checkoff quote. <laughs> also, a fun way for them to get around the Scarlet Witch problem, too. Mm. Wait, that's not that's Marvel, isn't it? X Men. Is yeah, X Men is Marvel. I can't. No, it's so confusing. It's so confusing. Oh, Mostly because of, they're in separate movies. <laughs> yes. Speaking of Marvel and how Marvel has a particular problem, which is villains. Can we talk about the villains of this movie and how? They're actually pretty good. Yes. And I think a lot of that is casting. The knockoff oh, Charlie yeah. Hunnan is so good. Oh, Boyd Holbrook? Boyd Holbrook, yeah. yes. He yeah, as Pierce. sells oh. that character. Yes. Like, sometimes people put on the Southern accent as for, for that kind of character. Was that a Southern accent? It was vaguely Southern kind Maybe of Maybe like Texas, because that... Yeah. Ooh, this is controversial, yeah. but I don't think Texas is quite Southern. You have... Okay, okay. Wow. We have established that parts of Texas are the South. Mm. Yes. The part where the part where the movie... um, What's it called? The movie Bernie happens is the South. I think we can... That's in Texas? Yes, that's in Texas. Huh. So the eastern side of Texas yeah, is the okay, South. Yeah, okay, okay. So Boyd, Boyd Holbrook, though, I think they, they sometimes use that accent as, like, shorthand for scumbag, but mm. it makes sense on that character oh, especially with yeah. the kind of movie they're trying i to, thought they were just make. going for like western <laughs> like western vibes i mean because it works for that too yeah you heard the way the killers were talking on that song exploder <laughs> they sounded kind of funny too like kind of like that like vaguely vaguely almost southern but yeah like almost not, southern but not but with like a little bit of midwest mm -hmm. thrown in there 
Yeah. Mm. I don't know, but yeah. It's it's one of these... It, I don't know, it's one of those... I don't love like a, oh, this, this southern bounty hunter is also racist. I don't yeah. love that yeah. always. But yeah, like that that's that's basically just like this is a chocolate truffle. We're going to dip it in more chocolate. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a different and kind of like... chocolate? No. No. Just more. Mm. Uh, oh, okay. But th- We're going to chocolate shaving on top of it too because he has a big <laughs> angry dog. All right, come on. <laughs> the the metal arm, very good. Uh yes, like, metal yes. arm's great. <laughs> Yes, like when he's like, I have also been enhanced. Like it's so interesting because he's he's doing that thing that a lot of those like villains who come off as like sugary sweet at the beginning do, which is he's trying to draw parallels between himself and Wolverine. He's trying to do the heat scene, like we're not so different, you and I. Yeah. But like they couldn't be more different. Maybe once Wolverine was like that, like yeah. when he when he was you know before he was a cage fighter hooked on barbiturates. When he was capping off his life as an assassin. It happens to the best of us. You yeah. Know? But, Though, like, at the, sa- at the same time, Wolverine has demonstrated, like, a capacity for growth and change. I think what's fun about this character and him showing up being like, I'm a big fan of Wolverine, is that they establish in-universe after all the mutants stopped doing stuff they made comic books about them. Yes. That, that made these sort of fantasy versions of them so of course he would approach wolverine like i'm a big fan i'm just like you it's it's also like a commentary on the way that a certain breed of comic fan does see wolverine as well oh yeah like the way that this movie engages with like the the entire legacy of the character is so smart i think like oh it, it, it's, that, it's like it's like if a Batman movie had the balls to make him not a billionaire for a bit. <laughs> like, <laughs> engage with him on a much more human level where he's like, he has to deal with shit than a normal person has to deal with. Or like, to just deal with being a human being that's not this invulnerable comic book character because, boy howdy, the Batman problem is real. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I think... Yeah. I mean, I think that's a, a lot of what works right there. Yeah. like I would like to, to get into some stuff that did not work for me. Okay, sure. <laughs> if, if you say Stephen Merchant, I'm leaving. Uh, why would I say... St- okay, shout out to Stephen <laughs> Merchant. He's, Caliban is great. The final line with the grenades. Yes. Oh, excellent. Yes, very good. Uh, what, what didn't work for you? Because I'm very curious. As I have just seen this film. This movie doesn't know how to treat people of color. Who boy. Who boy. Every named person of color in this movie who is not one of the MacGuffin kids dies violently. Yeah, the race politics in that, uh, Um, I did notice. All the Latino characters are either caregivers or mercenaries. And then they get murdered exactly the uh the only black characters are killed violently on a farm by corporate forces it's like let's find everything we can that's wrong with the world and let's amplify it on the screen now i get that that's kind of what speculative fiction do it's it's set in 2029 it's supposed to be 
in a near future. But oof. Oof. I think, let's see. Oh, the only named black characters are all murdered on screen. Yeah. While being in the middle of a land battle in a rural county. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, hmm. I get that this is speculative fiction and speculative fiction is supposed to like comment on the ills of the world. That's why it's set in 2029. But oof. It's like, this is supposed to be a sad superhero story. But I would rather be sad for the superhero than have to, like, I don't know, watch atrocities continue to play it on screen, if that makes sense. Yeah, it was a little too busy. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, see, I, I'm i going to, I'm going to white knight this a little bit, very literally, because I am a very pale. Um, <laughs> I have an eighth Native American, whatever. Um, I... <laughs> Uh, like said every I, I think, kid in my middle school yeah yeah i think we're supposed <laughs> to be horrified by the fact that these terrible things are are perpetrated upon uh non-white people by white people um but also you do bring up a very good point about the fact that most of the uh the latinx cast are um not looked upon so well or put in stereotypical roles so you know i can't even really put that defense in in play so much so uh yeah oops. it doesn't help that the opening scene is wolverine killing a bunch of latin lat, bleh, latino gangsters it's like that it starts off on like a bit of a sour note you know <laughs> yeah yeah i i would definitely agree that the uh the race optics in this movie are not great Mm-hmm. Like, to be it, fair playing playing non-white characters for tragedy is i think uh, just make a different choice hollywood yeah and i and i get james mangold is like 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 you said we're supposed to be horrified but uh, do we need to be is it is it essential for that fa- i mean for for wolverine's character art i guess it makes sense that that family has to die but like I'm tired of it's it's something of, that of happened. like black de- yeah it's yeah, like it's black a- deaths fueling white pain and it's like yeah. okay and, again and, and it, it's also it's also a scene that not you know not in the same uh, with the same racial overtures but it happened in X Men Origins where he gets taken in by the nice couple and that means that they're instantly marked for death yeah like yeah. why the fuck can't Someone just be nice to Wolverine without them dying. I guess that's the point of his character. I mean, even Professor X, his surrogate father. Yeah. I just think there are stories that we can tell about Wolverine that don't involve him getting everyone around him killed. Yeah, I I agree with that. But uh, not anymore with Hugh Jackman, because that era is done. (laughs) Yes. I don't think we need to make a Wolverine movie for the next 30 years, frankly. Yeah, like, not a Wolverine-centric film at the very least. Yes. I'd like a grown-up Laura film. No, I I am much more interested in, like, a continuing the X-23 franchise, which is is what Marvel did when they killed Wolverine. She took up the mantle. Mm -hmm. And they were planning on doing it, but as of last year, uh, talks stalled, and they aren't necessarily going to be doing that. And, I mean, 2020 has not fostered a good environment for that to happen uh are there other things about the movie that did not work hmm 
I mean, that's that's the big. If I'm honest, like yeah. it, it. I think it's maybe about thirty minutes too long. Like, I think it's, it's everything that's that's in there needs to be in there, but you could have made it a little tighter. I think. Mm. I don't know. It's it's. Mm. Yeah, it's hard to find where the fat is to trim, but yeah. I, I, yeah, like it being a two hour and 21 minute film. Yes. Which is still short compared to some superhero movies. But, oh, gosh. <sighs> but. Talk about overstuffed. Hey, oh. You know, there's, there's a, there's a certain camp in, you know, the film uh, world where, um, we all love a tight 90. <laughs> a tight 90. <laughs> that is the perfect length for a film. <laughs> I don't disagree with you. And neither does Jason Blum. <laughs> what what do you find in this movie that maybe doesn't speak to you necessarily? Um, I think the I think the racial injustice stuff that absolutely covered it because it was like, oh, we have this uh, you know, we have this maternal caregiving figure, she's dead. Uh, we have this nice black family they're dead like it it, it was it, the fact that those things are kind of telegraphed isn't the movie's fault uh it, it's very much a trapping of the the genre it's the tropes that are just sort of naturally there um uh, but yeah like so, some of that i was like yeah okay i know that this is what's going to be happening now um mm-hmm. so like there are some weak weak points in the in the the script, but uh, I don't think that those necessarily overall detract from how well the dialogue is written mm-hmm. and how the the overall narrative arc is very much still satisfying. I I personally thought that the the arc from start to finish of the film it worked. It was very much monomyth, which I'm fine with. I like that. Um, it was a a send off to a character who basically had every other kind of adventure already. Uh, yes. And they were like, his last adventure is dying. And you know what? Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense for him. It makes perfect sense for him. Also, I will say, I like the visual language of cinema that they used in this film, uh, where they, they don't have to say a lot. Like a lot of the exposition is carried off visually uh, such yep. as him starting the movie with a limp. Yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't even think didn't about catch that. that. Time. He's yeah. yeah. He starts it limping. He's he's not healing. Like because oh, yeah, because he pops the bullets out or whatever. Yeah. yeah. The entire his claw won't even come out all the way. It's like we no one has to say like <laughs> you know yeah yeah it's it it can be an <laughs> impotence joke but this movie is not gonna make one. No. <laughs> Uh, immediately, I was like, "Grizabella the Glamour." <laughs> oh no! Because <laughs> I hate myself. Oh See, no! everything we go, is cats. I thought we were gonna go in the direction of the claw comes half out, and one of the gangbangers <laughs> looks at him and goes, "It's okay, one in every two men," and then he just gets stabbed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but oh. your well, take. You've got that cat's brain rot. The only other take that I have is this is way better than what happened to Iron Man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) 
thought... didn't even like Iron Man, but I thought that was a crap ending for him. <laughs> I thought that Sorted did the hot takes on this network, but oh boy. <laughs> I forgot how many hot takes Bethany does. <laughs> Be- Bethany, never a big Iron Man fan. <laughs> oh, he's my least favorite. <laughs> Here, okay, here's the thing. Iron Man sucks. He's, he's yeah. kind of a fascist dickhole, but guess what? They got Robert Downey Jr. to play him, and the man is just, he is nothing but charisma. Yes. Yes, but he's so aware of how charismatic he is. <laughs> I mean, at this point, yeah, but yeah. also the fact that he could take an unlikable douche and revitalize an entire genre with him, I think he deserves to know. You see, I feel like, I feel, and here's my hot take. We give Iron Man too much credit. Yeah, Captain did that. Well, no, no, no. We give Marvel too much credit. Oh, yeah. I think, and hotter take, we give the Dark Knight too much credit for the work that X-Men was already doing. (laughs) And you know what's funny? What's funny about that is that uh, the Christopher Nolan films were actually cited as inspiration for this movie. That makes sense. I mean, which one? <laughs> yeah, James Mangold uh included those those films as like, yeah, we we were trying to do stuff that was more like these movies and the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. And it's like, yeah, yeah of course you were. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, making the making those dark forces have like real world analogs i think that's something that they did really well in the in the dark knight movies and something that mangold did really well here like making the villain a pharmaceutical company was actually perfect and and not only a pharmaceutical company but a villain that jerkass has a point you have a person with an extremely powerful brain that is degrading he is literally an existential threat like yeah Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Like, when they mention that his brain is classified as a weapon of mass destruction, I'm like, oh, damn. It's like, who yeah. really is the villain here? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like, the, uh, tossing off that he killed the X-Men and the yes. several of the X-Men in the incident in Westchester is just, oof. Yeah. Oof. Like, it, it's pretty brutal because this is a movie that's, like, everybody can be good, everybody can be bad, and they can be those things at the same time. Like, mm-hmm. everybody, you know, your heroes aren't perfect, and, uh, you know, your your killers are redeemable sometimes. Like, it's, yeah, it plays with a lot of complicated thoughts about heroes, villains, and what lines get drawn where. Which, you know what? Good for the movie. Good for doing that. Yeah. Yeah. The good, the bad, and the Logan. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the episode title. That is absolutely the episode title. Oh, man. I've never done this before. (laughs) Well, you just. I never win the episode title. That was. John always picks something else. That was an orbital slam dunk from space, my dude. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, do you have any fashion corner moments? The bridal party in the limo. In black and white, I thought they were wearing all white. And I was like, well, that's really weird for a bachelorette party. <laughs> and then it turns out it's actually all pink. <laughs> oh, man. 
Do we not want to put Steven think... Merchant right in that fashion corner? Uh, because yes. like that Caliban. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, the the scarf, the goggles, the straw hat. Yeah. At first, you're like, this is this just like my mother gardening? Maybe I don't know. And then you're like, oh no, it's Caliban. <laughs> Yeah. My my good friend Caliban. <laughs> my my best friend Caliban. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he man. smelled my stuff and tell me if my DNA's okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, oh, I do Ugh. I did like him setting the bottle down and being like, the dosage isn't high enough on these and him like calling Logan out and being like and also you didn't even notice that's a bottle of ibuprofen. <laughs> which then leads to one of my favorite visuals in this film which is Hugh Jackman putting on reading glasses that still have the tag on them yes that was so good (laughs) like the, the film has just enough of a sense of humor like it isn't just that the world sucks 100% of the time you still mm-hmm. have a little bit of screwball comedy in in just subtle ways like that, which and I, you have like yeah, Daphne Keen on the uh, on the horse outside of the <laughs> the yes. gas station. Yes, yes, that was so good. She does not know how to be a child. She had her childhood taken from her. Yep, mm-hmm. and this mm-hmm. is her trying to be a child and not doing a very good job. It tells you what you need to know about that character in visual language yep. without much dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I think we're going to take a trip to the concession stand real quick, and then we're going to rate this thing. Let's go. Have you ever tried to listen to actual play podcasts only to find out they sound like this? <laughs> <laughs> Here at Green Mountain Mysteries, we have the solution. We are an actual play podcast that takes it very seriously. And also one of our players is a butt doctor. We swear it's good. Green Mountain Mysteries. Every other Wednesday on the Pocket Podcast Network or wherever fine podcasts are sold. All right. I think we do, in fact, need to rate this. I I would like to propose a rating scale for this film that may fall outside of the normal bounds of your rating scale, but I yes. think you'll agree is completely appropriate. Okay, okay, let's hear this. I am going to give this two and one partially extended Wolverine Claws out of three. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Honestly, about the score I would give it if we are going to just do it out of three. I, I think that if we're gonna if we're gonna scale it on three Wolverine claws, him having the third claw almost all the way, like you know part part of the way out that he has to pull you know pull it to get it out. I think that right there is a is a fantastic symbol for this particular film and the rating I want to give it. Where it's not perfect, it falls short in a couple of you know somewhat important places, but overall, like those claws, they still sharp. They still gonna kill you. Like, mm-hmm. the movie has bite. The movie has a lot going very right for it. It still packs a Wolverine punch. And, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I-, I think I think it was really good. All right. Bethany, what do you think? Why do I have to go next? 
Well, I I already said because I think that's literally the rating I was gonna give it was like. Oh, so uh, that's just your rating. Yeah, you're, you're yeah awesome. that's my rating. I'm, wavelength, baby. Yes. <laughs> well, don't murder me with your late wavelength, but I think I'm gonna go with two. Two will read yeah. claws out of three. Um. So basically, this is perfect because how many claws does X twenty three shoot out of her hand? That's right, two. Exactly. <laughs> you're gonna give th- uh, Bethany gives this film an X twenty three. Out of Wolverine. <laughs> oh, man. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I- I'm curious as to, uh, like, I feel like you should be allowed to justify your thing. I just word vomited. What do you think, babe? I think you just sounded like the Irish guy in Fargo. So, congrats uh, I on did. that one. Oh, no. Um... <laughs> um no, I, d- I mean, that, I don't, do we usually justify it? I we think do I just sometimes, kinda, oh. yeah. I, usually it was... I justify it and you say, <laughs> you say why you think I'm wrong. <laughs> well, I have to say, it was, it was a good time. It was definitely docked points for being way too long. Yeah. Um, it was very, like, pretty, like, scenery. Um, mm. yeah. But I think, I think, this is weird. I think we could have done more with the child. Like, I feel like we kind of really shifted focus to, like, Wolverine because it was his, like, thing. You would have rather seen I would have rather seen more movie. of, like, her, like, dev- I don't know. And that's perfect why you gave it that rating then. Exactly. Which is why I think we need another movie. Because I- <laughs> uh, she's growing up. I mean, we all we need is, like, five more years and then <laughs> we've got it. Yeah. Mm. I-, I will say uh, I think that we all have a general consensus, which is a lot of stuff worked. Some stuff didn't, and we overall enjoyed the film, all three of us. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so uh, Stuart, Elliot, would you say that this is a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie you kind of liked? I was doing a Stuart Wellington voice, not a Dan McCoy voice. I ruined the oh, whole thing. Oh, no. Bit. We have to retcon the whole bit. No, we have to start the whole episode over. Okay. <laughs> Guys? No, 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 no. This I is a comic it. book movie. We can just say that you did it like that. Oh, yeah, no one's going to go back mm-hmm. through the back issues unless they're a nerd. Exactly. <laughs> and if there's one thing I know about the people who listen to this podcast, none of them are nerds. Um, none of them. I take offense to you asserting that I am not a nerd. Because <laughs> I am, in fact, a listener of your fine program. There we go. We got three now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you got three three hosts on this episode. <laughs> We're a part of the Pocket Podcast Network. And Mike three, is also three claws out of Wolverine's hands. <laughs> and three Mike is the last also... number in X twenty three and X three oh, is three different characters. Oh, so no. it's all threes, my dude. And this was a Wolverine trilogy ender, so that's three movies. <laughs> I will keep uh. going until you tell me to stop. Tell me three shows that are on the Pocket Podcast Network. <laughs> I will absolutely do that for you. Cult Classics, which is a delightful movie uh, movie making podcast, uh, making horse girl movies. Ghoul Tank, which is a creepy, fun time making uh, new cryptids. And Sorted, in which uh, two, two Harry Potter nerds sort other fictional universes into their Hogwarts houses. There we go. Our music. Who's it by, Bethany? Organ Machines. Yes, it's from their first EP, Parallels. You can find that on Bandcamp or wherever you stream your music. I'm 
Don't think I'm telling tales out of school when I say oh Oregon's gosh. got some interesting stuff coming soon. So definitely keep an eye out for it. I feel like you might uh, have Mike, some insider information. No. Nah. 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 Mike, nah. where can everybody find your work? Well, you can find my work also on the Pocket Podcast Network on the show Green Mountain Mysteries. Uh, I also just make music. I make music for the show, and I actually released an, uh, an album to Bandcamp of the soundtrack to Chapters 1 and 2. Covers 24 episodes of podcast, uh, and it's a year in the making. Uh, it's up on my Bandcamp, michaelfreitag.bandcamp.com. All right. Nice. So, I'm John. And I'm Bethany. And I'm Mike. Until next time, don't buy... That's it. Anymore. I'm Mike, sorry. Bye. <laughs> don't buy any more DVDs. This <laughs> is never how you knew it. Nobody looks at it that way but you. We all saw him drowning, but you were the one with the blood on your hands. Saying it, I never saw the Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket.